Greetings from the Real Estate Today Cafe, coffee and conversation. I'm Marilyn Mayberry, Associate Broker at Real Estate Today, LLC in Farmington Hills. Our podcast will educate and empower consumers with important information in buying and selling real estate. I'm excited about today's episode, Mortgage Financing, FHA, VA, and Conventional Financing. Our special guest today is mortgage banker Isaac Bryant from the Superior National Bank. Just a little background about Isaac. He is a people person. He loves working with people to obtain the American dream. He's been in mortgage financing for 48 years, and he still loves the mortgage business. Welcome, Isaac Bryant. Before we get started, let's have a cup of coffee. Okay, let's talk about mortgage financing. So, Isaac, what are you seeing in the mortgage financing business, particularly during this pandemic? Well, Marilyn, uh, what I've seen in this pandemic is actually the, you know, things, rates have gotten real well because, real low. Uh, because of that, uh, due to the pandemic, because the Fed wanted to keep the economy going and everyone was getting laid off, but the Fed, you know, dropped the rates, and we we're we're seeing rates, mortgage rates, that's as low as you know two percent, and I haven't seen that. Like I said, I've been in business forty eight years, but I haven't seen that since the seventies. Wow. So this pandemic has, you know, driven rates down. But it has an adverse because uh, people are not really uh, willing to put their houses on the market because of this pandemic. And that created a housing shortage. So, and I guess that's something from your end. You can see that there is a housing shortage. You know, you've got a lot, some buyers out there and they want to take advantage of these real, real, real low rates, but they really can't find anything. So the pandemic has brought some good things and some bad things, bad things that there's not enough inventory of homes. A good thing is the rates are extremely low. Right, right. And that's what we're seeing, you know, when we're out in the marketplace, not enough property and lots of people in the marketplace. So, and we also see some things happening to home values. Are you seeing anything like that in terms of what people are now getting mortgage? Yes, the appraisers, you know, I'm getting appraisals in. They're all getting, you know, uh, value. Uh, coming in at value is, is, is very rare, but you know people are getting what they want. You know they list a house and 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 they're telling me that people are overbidding to get these homes now. Right. I mean, actually, more than with the listing thing, and the appraisers are meeting some of these appraisals now because people were paying over and above the appraised value. So that constituted big more appraisals to come in higher now because. Those past buyers in, in the earlier part of the pandemic were paying much more for these houses, so that gives them comps now to 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 justify these higher prices and of, of homes. Right. Okay. So now, when we look at um, mortgage financing, we're primarily in, in your business looking at the FHA, the VA, and conventional financing. 
Can you kind of describe the differences between those types of financing for us? Well, the, the, the main difference between, you know, the, the FHA, VA, conventional. You know, the FHA and the VA are government-backed loans. I mean, like the FHA is an insured loan by the federal government, and the VA are guaranteed by, by the federal government. Unlike conventional, conventionals aren't, doesn't have any government backing or anything. So that's that's the big difference, and, and, and that's how... FHA VAs be a little more lenient on credit because of that, because they are government bank lenders are, 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 are will you know look at bruised credit. So you know usually you know conventional loans you, you do have to have good credit, and they won't they won't bend as much on sometimes on credit like a VA or an FHA loan will. And then there's the down payments. Now FHAs. You can get you can get as low as three and a half percent down. Uh, VA you can get with nothing down. If you're a veteran, you can have absolutely nothing down on a home and get into it with no money down. And on conventionals, I mean, they do have uh, some uh, the three percent program, but that's geared to certain. You got to have a certain uh, income level, and you got to have you need to have to buy in a certain area to get that. But you know, FHA you don't have to worry about that. VA you don't have to worry about that. So on a conventionals, you know, the if you just go straight conventional and not have this the three three percent down program, you could go you know as little as five percent, but uh, that's still more than when an FHA is at three and a half percent. Right. Okay. So, what kind of credit score are we looking at to be to to be eligible for any of these types of mortgages? Well, to, let me say this: six forty is the rule of thumb. If you have a six forty score. You're much pretty sure you're assured that you can get a mortgage, but anything less than a 640, it becomes well. well I have to actually put your information through a underwriting, um, what we call a DU underwriting, which is the uh, automated underwriting uh, program that we have to see if it will take less than a 640, and the the automated underwriter will sort all the your bad credit credit and all that if you have a under a 640 score and will determine whether I can if they wanted to get, accept that lower 640 score but if you the main that if you have a 640 the guessing is pretty much is, is out of it you you almost assured yourself that you can get a mortgage if you have a 640 score or better Okay. So now what exactly does a consumer need to actually do a mortgage application and do they have to come into your office or can they do this online? What is, what's required? Well, uh, you can do it by phone or online or you can come in the office and do it in person. I haven't, uh, like I say, I haven't done an in-person application in so long myself. Everything I do is basically online or, or, um, or on, over the phone. Okay. So I do most of mine over the phone. So you can call me. We, I can get your information. I can pull your credit report. You can send me your your your, your uh, income information and your asset information, and I can you know issue a pre-approval that way. Great. So you can fax me your you can fax me your information, or you can email it to me. So once I get that, I examine that. I put it through DU, and then we, if we come up with an approval, uh, you're all set with a pre-approval. Okay, that sounds good. Oh, great technology. That's awesome. So now, yep. how long does it take to actually be able to obtain the mortgage, and what are the costs involved 
Well, time-wise, once I get you pre-approved, that means once I have you approved, I've, I've seen your, I see your assets, I've seen your income, we have your credit report. So the only thing we really need at that point in time is an appraisal. So once you get that purchase agreement fully executed and give it to me so I can, or, and that's the only way I could get an appraisal with a fully executed purchase agreement. So once I get that purchase agreement, order that appraisal, it takes an appraiser anywhere from maybe to two weeks to get it back to me and if, if, if your assets are there and and uh and everything we, we don't have to wait for you to, to 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 save up to do this or anything like that or get your gift money together if you have all your assets together you could be done in three weeks or or sometime even less Okay. Okay. Now you mentioned the appraisal. I know sometimes um consumers think that maybe the seller is in you know on the appraisal. What does the appraisal cost? And it is part of the buyer cost. What's the high and the low range that a person could expect during this time period to pay for a residential appraisal? Uh, that's ranging anywhere from four hundred to five hundred and fifty dollars, depending okay. on the appraiser. So, um, uh, and, and it, it varies. So we once we once you do get that purchase agreement, um, and we find out how much is will you know that that cost would be. Uh, required for you to pay up front and that's the only upfront cost that that i would need to process your mortgage is your appraisal fee everything else is done at closing all the other costs all the other mortgage costs title company costs um your escrow uh, establishing an escrow account all that is done at closing okay um once once the only fee that you will need for any shift for any mortgage is an appraisal fee Okay. No other no other fees should be paid to a mortgage company uh, other than an appraisal fee. That's good to know. That's good to know. One of the other questions that one of my clients had, uh, and this dealt with um, the credit report as you're getting ready, you're doing the mortgage application, and they were shopping two or three different lenders. Does this impact the credit score if we're shopping or the consumer shopping at different banks and lenders trying to get the best rate generally? That's why they're doing it. Does that have yes, an impact? It, yes, it does. Matter of fact, if you go to three different mortgage companies to try to get a better rate, that could knock your score down by 21 points, roughly about seven points per lender. So oh, if you're okay. going with a lender and you shop, just you just want a shop rate, uh, and and the only way they can get give you a quote on a on a rate is to pull your credit report because uh, the credit uh, the the mortgage rates are driven by by your credit score. So if you if you shopping four different lenders, uh, it could take a it will take a hit on your on your credit report. Okay, well, that's good to know because we were thinking that perhaps you know, they're shopping for the same thing, so maybe it wouldn't have that big of an impact. But that's that's important to know. Now I know Isaac, this might be kind of out of your league, but just to give me a general idea, as the pandemic has caused many people to not be able to pay their mortgage, and what are some of the options that you know about that are out there that that uh, a person, a homeowner, might be uh, or might be able to use or to be able to still stay in their property. Well, that, that that's going to vary from lender to lender, but but the main thing what the government has done, you know, is it, told, uh, like you said, I, I do originate loans, I don't service them, but what I find out that uh, what the government has said is that if if you caught up in this pandemic and you're out of work, you can have some relief from your mortgage company. They will give you up to three months um, to 
to miss a payment or add it on to the back end of it. But if you do that, if you do that, you know, uh, and you and you're trying to sell your home or try to go down the road, that's going to impact you on getting a new mortgage. So I would be careful of that if you could avoid that. But if you if you if you just stand in your house, that's one thing. If you're trying to sell your house or or, or want to move on, that may not be the good time to do it. You may have to wait another 12 months or so until you get caught up in those back payments or ever how your lender is going to do your payments, add it to the back to show that you weren't delinquent or anything, because that could impact your credit score. Right. That's that's very important to know. So now let's talk about that refinancing business, because we know that's a booming part of what you do. How are you seeing the refinancing taking place right now during this pandemic period? Well, it has slowed some uh, as of now, as of, you know, uh, this is April. Back in November, October, December, it was booming. It was the rates were very, very, very low. They have risen since a little bit since then. And uh, refinancing has tapered off some. But my rule of thumb is if you if you if you could get three quarter percent off the rate that you currently have is worthwhile looking into refinancing. Sounds great. Sounds great. So now, Isaac, are, do you have any suggestions for consumers to put themselves in the best position to apply for a mortgage? Well, my suggestion, my, my strongest suggestion is it's all about credit. It, it is very mortgage rates and your rate is everything is, is credit driven. And to, to, to monitor your, your own credit thing is, is to make sure you're making timely payments on everything when you're thinking about getting the mortgage. For the last 12, we go by the last 12 months. If you've been late on a car note or a charge card payment or installment payment in the last 12 months, you may want to wait because that probably has impacted your score. It will have impacted your score a great deal being late once. Just one 30 day could drop your 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 credit by your credit score by 30 points. Ooh. The, 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 another big thing, you know, uh, b- being timely is, is number one thing. The second biggest thing that impacts your scores on, on your credit is the the, the amount of credit that you, that you have uh, ex- extended yourself or you you extended. So, for instance, for instance, you have a, a credit card that's a thousand dollar limit. Do not try to keep that that balance under twenty five percent of the limit because if you're maxed out on all your cards. That's going, to, that's going to impact your score, too. So when you apply for more, be sure that your credit, your, your, you make you made timely payments and that your credit limits are you under, way under your credit limits. Do not match your credit, your credit uh, limits out because that can kill your score. Right, right, right. So what about length of employment? Is there a standard that a person has to have to be eligible for a mortgage in terms of how long they've been employed or if they've changed jobs or the pandemic moved them in a different direction? Well, no, well, with the job length is you should be on the job at least a year. FHA requires you at least have a year, but uh, uh, of continuous employment. So, but continuous employment is the key. So, it's, if, you, if you're changing job, that shouldn't be a. That's not a problem. If you're going from one job to another, that's fine. Okay. But if you, you know, if you haven't been employed 
um, for 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 maybe a couple of years, and you and you only been employed for this new job for maybe like five or six months, they're gonna require that you be on the job at least a year. I see. Okay, great. So you have to at least have a year's worth of employment. Um, but if you're going from job to job, that's not a problem. As long as it's continuous employment, that's not a problem at all. Okay, that sounds good. This is great information, Isaac. So we have about three minutes. Isaac, if you can just share your contact information with our listeners. Sure. Um, a company I'm with is Superior National Bank. Um, my d- direct landline number is 248-530-2305. And you can reach me also on my cell phone. My cell phone number is 248-766-7580. And if you want to email me, my email address is ibryant, B-R-Y-A-N-T, at S-N-B, like in boy, dash T dot com. Great, great. And to our listeners, if you miss any of our guest information, feel free to go to our website at realestatetodayonline.com. Click on contact and leave your questions for our guest and your contact information. Again, Isaac Bryant, thank you for being our guest and for sharing all of that good information to our listeners. Stay My pleasure, tuned. Marilyn. Okay, stay tuned for our next episode.